0: Five, four, three, two. Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Mark K. Daly. I'm watching CKOBLIAG. And, uh, Mr. Gingeranji is not here this evening. He was very busy. He's a lawyer, so exclusive. But this is still, uh, TVD. love massive, uh, podcasting network, I guess we can call that. Yeah. And, uh, 1212 what's going on this is at marcus with the ck dowling d-o-w-l-i-n-g on all social media uh you are tuned in to dctvd uh as you know per every week uh ian tarangi is usually our host from lucky so-and-so's and uh, he is not here this week uh he is actually uh you know up to some actual you know nine-to-five work. He's a lawyer, so he is excused. Power to the people. Right, exactly. But we are still here. We are still having a conversation about uh, politics and uh, everything but. Shout out to Kevin Hill. Shout out to Chuck Glasses. Uh, the uh, the person to my left, or to my right, to right, is the uh, the one and only, the exquisite, the intelligent, the beautiful...
1: Oh, goodness.
0: Michelle Bush. Michelle, what's going on, lady? Good
1: evening, good evening. I am just, like... All smiles. I know people are out there watching. Like, why is she cheesing so hard? Yeah, what's going on? What's at this table right now? Oh,
0: I know, I know. We're like, that enjoy. is just. It's 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 magical.
1: It's magical. It's beautiful. It smells like nineteen eighty seven Calvin Klein obsession.
0: I wear I wear Juke in real life. Uh, so you know. I'm actually wearing Eternity right now.
1: <laughs>
2: So,
0: and that, and that voice you hear is the uh, the, the, the founder and uh, leader and creative mastermind behind the All the Fly Kids uh, podcast, the All the Fly Kids movement, uh, Geronimo Collins. Yay. Geronimo knows.
2: Yes, Geronimo knows Collins, whatever you want to call me. Just don't call me Mo. <laughs> or Mothers. Or Mothers. Or Mothers. Or mothers. Or mothers. <laughs> But well, now, glad to be here.
0: Glad to be here. Yeah, so tell the people a little bit about All The Fly Kids real fast if they're not aware.
2: Okay, so All The Fly Kids is a lifestyle media brand. Uh, we specialize in almost a good taste for the cool, calm, and connected, which is also the name of our lifestyle travel series, which uh, takes me on a roundabout through different cities, uh, showing you what's hip, what's hot, what's fly through my eyes. Um, kicked off in D.C., yeah. so right now you can find all the content from the podcast to the web series at alltheflykids.com.
0: Cool, cool, cool. It's amazing stuff. We love it. Yeah, so we're running a little bit behind, so I want to jump right in. Oh, goodness. Uh, Michael Dean Cohen. <laughs> this oh, week.
1: Does he have an LLC, too? Oh.
0: No, uh, no, He. we're going to get into that. <laughs> uh, he is currently the, uh, he is a he is a is an associate of the President of the United States, Donald Trump.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he uh, is a lawyer for Donald Trump, and prior to that, he was the Executive Vice President of the Trump Organization, which sounds like like some kind of like secret society it is it's crazy but and also uh he uh was a member of the board of the eric trump foundation and uh he was a uh partner at a couple different law firms and uh he is under investigation (laughs) via federal prosecutors who isn't under investigation but wait but 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 wait it gets worse but 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 wait it gets worse (laughs) Right, shout out to Onyx. Uh, He's uh, for a number of matters, including bank bank fraud, yes, wire fraud, absolutely, campaign finance violations. Come on now, and these uh, violations are in regards to payments made in the Stormy Daniels Donald Trump scandal. Baby, y'all head over to
1: Hustler uh, on IG. I'm I'm sorry, church members that are watching. No, I wanna
0: I wanna give a shout out to Hustler for. When Hustler posted a picture of Stormy Daniels and. what is, what's her name? Um, oh, the other one. The yeah. other one. God, Lisa, what's her name? I don't know. The other one. Mary Carey, uh, who ran for oh, governor yeah, of uh, yes, California. yes, Mary yes. yes. So. Mary
1: Carey. Yes. How so much plastic in that picture? You know,
0: okay. So so that's where our president is at. And Michael Cohen is under investigation uh, as, 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 at present. And there's been a uh, a, a shocking uh, revelation, of what? many shocking revelations. Uh, regarding an LLC. That he had, uh, that he was funneling money through in order to give money to various uh, people who were, you know, causing issues in the Trump uh, campaign. The name of this LLC was Essential Consultants LLC. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, that that's like one of those things that's like full of like science project words, which actually don't mean anything. Correct. And it's like, okay, so we're gonna give six hundred thousand, or, or in the case of AT&T. 600? We're going to give 1.2 million oh, oh, dollars. that. To Essential Consultants LLC in order to better understand how to work alongside in this administration, the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Michael Cohen is known for is that he is someone who peddles influence. He literally peddles influence. Oftentimes when he was attempting to, you know, get monies for Essential uh, Consultants LLC, he would say, "I am the president. I am the president to be the president elect's right hand man. I will take your concern directly to the Oval Office. I will take your concern to the man himself, mm-hmm. and be able to get you in the room." So he was
1: doing the political hokey pokey. Yes, he was. And not that hokey pokey, but the other
3: hokey pokey.
0: Yeah, all, all of that, and, and then some. So. Yeah, so the question I wanted to ask is, uh, like, like we've been talking about the last couple of weeks on this podcast, is, yeah. again, this is the smoking gun. The smoking gun only gets bigger. It's like a smoking rifle now of charges against the Trump administration and people connected with the Trump administration. And this one, is, this literally this one, literally feels like what Richard Nixon did with the committee to re-elect the president in, 19, in the 1972 presidential election. Mm-hmm. When he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna have these guys have G. Gordon Liddy, a couple of my high ranking officials, break into the Watergate Hotel offices. Yeah, don't get caught. Right, and you know, but get caught. Yeah, and take essential paperwork and be able to, you know, like fix the presidential election in a manner so that the uh, so that um, Nixon could win.
1: Essential Consulting LLC. LLC.
0: So I wanted to ask the question first, last to to uh, Geronimo, your thoughts about just the level of illegality that we've reached only less than 500 days into the Trump administration and at what point do you feel like this becomes commonplace and what does that do for American democracy?
2: So I read um, I think it was in the uh, New York Times about how, no, I read in Time today um, when you told me what we were talking about and they were talking about how this could definitely rattle the um, the confidence of trump supporters who don't really care so much about russia but are not down with influence peddling right um i think it being common place we're already there <laughs> right you know and we and and we've been there you know since the days of nixon and watergate right you know what i mean that's um, a line
0: that's a line in the sand for people i think that's like yeah. it's, it's important to note that as a line in the sand
2: right and so as far as the illegality of it i mean it's it's one of those gray area things it's like you know like
1: all right we know that y'all lying y'all are <laughs> <laughs> like look like you don't even have to go outside to get the switch <laughs> like i'm tired you look, you're just telling lies you know
2: what i mean it's just like you know seriously the, the the a deaf person could hear that y'all are lying this is how <laughs> bla- this is how bad this is right right, you know right. What I mean?
0: <laughs> but what do you think about that in regards to american democracy because i feel like that's a real conversational point now that people are starting to have finally people are finally at this point where they're like our democracy is in peril right and this is across the board it started in the left like day one after the election mm-hmm. like hillary clinton loses by three million votes yes you know hillary clinton wins by three million votes to lose the election and it's like okay. Immediately, the left is like, "Oh, democracy in peril." Now the right is like, "Oh, democracy in peril." Paul Ryan's retiring. Yes, which is crazy.
1: And has no Now, com-
0: uh, This is way too crazy for me. Trying to get
2: out before they start asking him questions. <laughs> exactly. Before he gets on the stand, has to be put on the stand. Um, yeah. I mean, again, like I said, the commonplace aspect has already been there. Um, the illegality of it and how it relates to American democracy. I just say now is the time that people can see the the the, the, the wall is being pulled off of people's eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and now I think the real questions that people on either side of the aisle as residents of the US right people need to, people are now gonna start asking those questions. You know? Um and we could possibly even if Congress can't come together in one accord, at least US citizens can now say, you know what? All right, maybe we've been barking up the wrong tree. Maybe we've been we've been letting our uh, our, our ideals really divide us in the wrong way. Right. So right.
1: How, how so how do we go about? You know, the people that are well, I don't care about Russia, and I don't care about the women. Um, he did that on his own time. What right. I care about is what he's doing um, in office and ha- and how he's doing them.
2: I mean, these are the same people who take issue when athletes. Get jammed up for uh, doping,
3: mm-hmm. right? You
2: know, because it's like, oh no, that you didn't, you didn't win fair and square.
1: You know what cause, I mean? Because certain people say, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. Okay, yeah, maybe.
0: It's the, it's the Lance Armstrong defense, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I was about Exactly. Barry so, Bonds. So there it is, the, the best us. example, right? So, I I think that the intriguing thing. There's two other like notes about Trump this week that were that were fascinating to me. It's uh, number one. He stated after watching our president does, the watching uh, Sean Hannity or whatever, says 91% uh, of the press, of the liberal press, the fake news press, is against me. Mm-hmm. So therefore I want to ban certain you know, outlets from having access to the president. Mm-hmm. Because they're just naturally against me to begin with, and they're not providing fair news. Mm-hmm. So why should we have them in the room? I think that's something that's, uh, that's important to consider insofar as our democracy and our freedoms and I also wanted to discuss uh, the notion that the president is possibly not running in 2020. I don't which know. makes all of this insanely fascinating. If there's any one lesson you could take from the, the Kanye ridiculousness, is the idea that he's he would not run against Kanye West. Of course not. So That's my man. So it's the idea that... This is only going to last for four years. So how much insanity can this man do? How much can this man pull apart in the next two and a half years? Which <laughs> is something to think about because it's like, wait, he's done this much already. Yeah. Which is nuts. So I wanted to ask you about that first. Ask you. you know, it's, it,
1: it's crazy. I was on my way here, coming down Massachusetts Avenue, passing, uh, you know, the... the Temporary residency of Vice President Pence. That guy. So let me throw this, this curveball and, and, and right. we'll answer it. What if Pence says, and Trump does say, I'm running in 2020, and Pence steps aside and says, well, I'm not going to be your running mate. I'm running. Yeah. Can we see that?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think that um, there's a level of collusion Th- that's this. our
1: favorite word can we just get t-shirts yeah say collusion? it's real
0: i mean in my mind there's a level of collusion to this in the sense that the republican party is more fractured now than it's literally ever it had that it's been since 1863 mm. i don't even know who's the political science major right it's you know, it's right. when it's it's after <laughs> and i
1: introduced to you marcus K.
0: Dallas. there it is so uh you know, for people who don't know political science major um that was when uh, that was d- right after I re- was right after Civil War Reconstruction era. Mm-hmm. That was Lincoln trying to figure out what to do with a obviously fractured America, even though you know like slavery is illegal and the war ended and the North won. Right. He's like, wait, so there's all these states where these people are just against me. So yeah. like, what wh- what am I really gonna do with this Republican Party? Mm-hmm. In what way am I gonna let it lean? And then eventually he left the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And he became a, a third-party president. He's one of the very few third-party presidents. The very
1: few. For those that did not know and those that always say, oh, yeah, he was about the people yeah. and everything, remember.
0: He made a left move, was a Democratic-Republican for a while. Yeah. And the Republican Party started its descent into, you know, for if you're a liberal-thinking person, madness. Mm. If you're a conservative-thinking person, the, the, the era of, you know, good feeling that involves uh, Ronald Reagan and such. Ooh. So those are things to think about. Um, and that's my belief is that we're in this era of collusion where the Republican Party is so fractured where if Pence ran and Trump ran and somebody like Kanye ran in the same party, somebody has to win. And there's a conversation because these people love having conversations without mm-hmm. us knowing where they're figuring out who's winning and how they're winning and why they're winning and what scandals are going like, to make this thing happen, yeah. which is f- frustrating. But I didn't want to cut you off to Oh no 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 no! I'm I mean, sorry.
2: No 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 no. no, no. no, yeah, no I, I wanted to, I, I, I wanted to include you in this conversation. Your thoughts nah, I mean, about I mean, I, I'm listening to what y'all are saying. Um, so. Because I'm definitely not as politically knowledgeable. No no as no you no no. Or no. you? No, you
0: know but me. but no, <laughs> but you is, have a you y'all. have a level. No, but, <laughs> but you I mean, have a level of of interest in this. Just I think in general, because you know, like you deal you deal with popular culture and the zeitgeist and what people are thinking. Yeah. And
1: that and that's what we're in. We're in the
0: pop culture. True error. This is this is a pop culture presidency. Yeah. Every single day.
1: And we could be looking at the next pop culture right.
0: president. So I went to yeah. Well oh yeah,
1: just just thinking about how
2: culture and politics have intersected so much since I say since even thinking about um Bill Clinton. Yeah. You know, and twenty five years.
1: Arsenio Hall. Yes, all of that. Playing the sack. I remember.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was I was young but I remember watching that. Right. So even since that point, you know, and it's just gotten the, the connection has just grown closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. So to have somebody like Kanye West run, but even without a Donald Trump I would say if Kanye West ran that he would get all the people all the all the black people who, who, who threw him away and cancelled him, they'll get him back.
1: No.
2: I think so. You know why? Because they're not going to want to vote for... for, Because we're still going to be in a period where people are not going to vote third party. in in, in An overwhelming majority. Right. And all these hip-hop fans who a good majority of them are not conservative on paper, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: a Republican on paper, they're not going to vote for Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. They're just not. They're just not going to do it. So that's how he'll get all those people back. And it'll really just be a case of hip-hop versus everybody
0: else. Right. And I think that's the uh, I was wrote a piece from Medium about how there's gonna be a a, a mandate, a referendum about African American culture in this election. Mm-hmm. Because Kanye's not a Democrat. He's not he's not he's a he's a free thinker. So I mean to me that just implies Republican. And nope. that's his way of like easing. Unless the he flow. started a party called the Free Thinkers. I don't, I don't want to see him do that because there's, there's. It's starting a party. You're actually attempting to like pull people away from like family held beliefs that families have held in, in their minds for like generations, especially with black people. Like, you know this. If, if but how you,
2: many people just, how many black people vote Democrat just off the strength of their, their family's been voted Democrat? Right, that's what I'm talking about. But they don't ever really think about or look at what is being right. pushed.
1: Welcome, welcome to Washington, D.C.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, that's, the, that's my concern is the issue mm. is, is that some people are just blind faith voters. And telling people that they vote a third party, that's, just, that's a bridge too far. But identifying yourself as being the other and still being yourself and still being creatively dope and still being like, you know, super pop culturally relevant, there's something there. So that, that's my thinking on it. I'm just like, that's, that's a thing. And then the, the mandate part comes when you put like a Kanye in with a guy like Trump who has all the money. And that's why why in my mind, Trump takes a step back because then he's a money player again, which is all he wants to be. At the end of the day, if you look at the fact that every day you hear about dealings that are made and money that's made and the fact that he wants to keep money in America, you know, make America great again is all about like, we're not gonna trade with anybody. Mm -mm, No, we're gonna trade within ourselves. We're gonna build up our war chest. That's what we're gonna do. You know, not for war, but the war of attempting to figure out where America's headed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my thinking is that on the democratic side, It's all black people, which is fascinating to me. Because Elizabeth Warren, I don't see her as necessarily being as much of a player as people want to believe she Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's, you know, Kamala Harris and Cory Booker are people that people are really hot on. Mm -hmm. And there's a black man and a black woman. And then there's a black rapper involved in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And there's like three different, very different kinds of blackness at play. And then you get this idea of like white people having to talk about black issues. What? Yeah, and that's the one thing. Why would we ever? Yeah, and I wanted to shift in that conversation a little bit before we get into the local political conversation. Just a brief aside into that. Mm -hmm. Um, Thoughts about that? I'll start with you, G. About black people (laughs) being on the lips and tongues of of white people, and white people having to have those conversations about their thoughts about blackness, because as it relates to voting for the president of the United States, because there's not a suitable white candidate.
1: How y'all going to do that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll say this. So
2: um, when I when I do, because I started listening to podcasts again, because I was getting overwhelmed at one point. but Because you I, do a podcast. Because I do a podcast, all the Fly Kids show. But um, there, I listen to a number of, when it comes to politics, I listen to um, a number of. Both liberal and conservative podcasts. Mm-hmm. One, you have that I to. To, one that I listen to in particular is actually hosted by a black woman named Sunny Johnson. It's called "Did She Say That." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she mixes conservatism with hip hop, and she really isn't for a lot of black conservatives because they be on some some something else. Right. Um, the people who follow her show, the white people who follow her show, she forces them to talk about black people. In regards to just their our existence in the U, the U.S. regardless if we are liberal that's or that's the conversation. You know that's what I mean? That's the conversation. But but she's but the reason why she's even able to get them to even want to have that conversation is because you know she has found the, the the common denominator between what they're interested in and what we're interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, and that really is just like you know things like family. Uh, uh, um, Creating some kind of like, you know, legacy wealth or whatever in the Mm -hmm. family, things like that. Right. And the hip hop part is there because she's a hip hop fan. She grew up in hip hop and she wants to get more younger black people to listen to what she's talking about in terms of just, you know, being politically aware, but knowing all sides of the coin. Um, That's how I think you got to do it. Um, I think white people are going to talk about it because they have no choice. Right, that's going to be the fastest. They just have part, no though. choice. Yeah. You, can't, you can't get around it. It's all, it's all but, around you.
0: But so, so the question to you to continue off what I asked you. Yeah. How many times are you going to check a white person?
3: Oh. And
0: in the and in the, in the if this goes if this is the route that this goes, because there's going to be a lot of fascinating moments because it's already starting with Kanye, mm. in the sense that people feel a certain kind of way about Kanye, like you know, shedding his you know liberal thinking and, mm-hmm. and doing a conservative turn and on top of that the childish gambino we'll get the gambino probably in a little yes. bit Yes, the the fact that gambino's video in relation to what kanye said a lot of white folks that follow me on social media like went up in arms they were like he is the anti kanye and mm-hmm. i'm like well no. not Really? really? No, he's not. And I'll save my thoughts on that for later. Right, but I feel Uh-oh. like, but I feel like that's a thing, uh-huh. and that's a frustrating thing when, and this is another thing that I wanted to bring up, and, and it's 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 intriguing. I want your thoughts on this, and I'll just back up and let you talk. Um, my my apologies for talking too much. When you deal with a situation mm-hmm. where white people are super concerned about black thought and how to legislate what is appropriate black thought, just thoughts about that.
1: If you are in the PR field, (laughs) (laughs) get ready, because it's gonna be a lot of jobs is if this is what we're looking at in the next election. Right, right. Um, You know, this this is kind of crazy. Like, it's going to happen. It has to happen. You're gonna have to open your mouth and, and, and we get it. Look at half of President Obama's campaign. Right. Did they dive deep into race and into, oh, goodness, they were like, no, he's just a really nice man, and we really <laughs> want to vote for him because he has a really good family and everything. But that's as much as I'm going to talk about right now. I don't think they dived in right. enough. Right. Um, it has to happen. It's going to happen. You might as well get ready. Go ahead. You can get a T-shirt. I have a black friend. Because you're gonna need that black friend, yes, to explain a lot to you. I think they were already like, "Wait a minute, I don't understand what's going on with Kanye."
2: But on the flip side of all of that, think about all the the, the black people who are Candace Owens. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know what I mean. So there's as many as as many uh, 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 anti Candace Owens black people as there are there's. Uh, a matching um, uh, a number that matches that uh, another Candace Owens right. of black people, and so if that if that who if that's who is friends with white people, then I think that line gets blurred too. Of like who you're going to check and how how many
1: how many white people you're going to have to check and you know use as a teaching have these teaching moments and things like that cuz i'm just going to have the barking on my phone <laughs> move colonizer <laughs> i mean that's just literally what i'm just going to have one you know on my phone if this happens
0: kill yeah
1: yeah just kill this is how we're going to do what kind of
0: uh
1: you know this this is this is kind of crazy and this is the thought as we were talking kanye gets in every state of the union he drops a mixtape
0: oh of course so
1: as tape. the president walks out into now introducing you know the president of the United States of America and Kanye comes out instead of it shaking everybody's hand he's like let me get that
3: let me get that me and get he's handing out his mixtape he's handing out his mixtape of course of you course know. he would do this this is ridiculous yeah
0: so I mean in in other ridiculous things let's talk about local politics and let's oh. talk about local let's talk about local tourism because <laughs> if there's any one thing that I think is more important than anything else in discussing Washington D.C. right now. It's Uh the fact that people who don't actually live in Washington, D.C. are probably the most important demographic to anything happening in the city. So yesterday, Destination D.C. Tourism Board, shout out to Elliot Ferguson, a good human Mm -hmm. doing good work Mm -hmm. insofar as attempting to rebrand the city as a destination tourist hub. Again. That being – right. Thank you. (laughs) For historical reference. Right. That being said, 23 million tourists (laughs) came to – washington dc in 2017 and they spent 7.5 billion dollars
3: mm,
0: mm,
1: mm. um use all your thumbs to count that money. right
0: so something on top of that as well just speaking about like you know day-to-day population of the city uh the midday population of washington dc is nearing two million people it should probably hit two million people by the year 2030 that's two million people in a, in a city that's about the size of like my thumb on my, throat, my, thumb on my forefinger, space between them. And uh, so this means that tourism ultimately is bigger than both food and music as industries in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And uh, the question I wanna ask is, uh, what does it mean when people who aren't from a city are likely, on many levels, more important as constituents than people who actually live in the city's environs?
1: I, I mean, you don't even have to ask the question. When it comes to D.C., yeah. the tourists matter more than the residents of the right. District of Columbia. But
0: what does that ultimately mean?
1: That means we have a problem here. <laughs> right. right. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. know how many ways you want me to say it. I mean, you want me to pull out my dictionary and, <laughs> and use the big words. I know Ian's not here tonight, but, you know, I, I can use some big words. I mean, I know how to spell them. Um, It's exactly what it is. You can look at every area in this city you can look at georgetown you could look at southeast frederick Douglass home you can look at um the the navy yard you can look at what's up and coming or what's old and rotten right in this city not to call my city rotten but there are some areas that need a little tlc yes come together go to your anc meetings start talking about the projects that need to be done Uh, that was my
0: political shout out for the week right
1: it it's in front of you
0: right it's just it's just we faci- care
1: more about convention center down to mall over a few blocks and back right Our water is brown, but the buildings that landscape it are pretty
0: right so i i, I am I'm intrigued then, so I'll ask you the same question about that when I say those numbers, what does that conjure in your mind
1: um
2: the me the first thing I thought about was especially because I've been spent a lot of time the past year, nine months or so, in uh, third world Caribbean countries that, you know, thrive on tourism.
1: We're all going back next year. (laughs) Um, And we're
2: definitely not a third world country, city, none of that region, farthest thing from it. However, by American standards and looking at what is going on in the city, um, I don't think anything is going to change because when you're, when you're looking at the press, you're looking at the write-ups, you're looking at the fact that, you know, D.C. Become, has become a food destination city. You look at the fact that um, in terms of residence, buildings are coming up that you're just wondering who's coming in to fill these, re- these residences. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, tourism helps drive all of that. Help, it will help get those buildings filled. We'll get on top of just residents who live here eating. We'll get um, – Tourists to come up north, you know what I mean, right. and not just stay downtown or by the mall and all these things. Yeah. Have them go to the Navy Yard. Have them go over to Eastern Market. All of these places that usually before before our recent years weren't really tourist areas. Right. So these, so just the focus even on just like building up different neighborhoods and like in terms of just like marketing and PR. Mm-hmm. You know, we are currently in the now dub North End Shaw. Yeah. You know what I mean. It's
0: nuts. <laughs> so. So, something you know that fa- how that irritates my soul. <laughs> something that fascinates me in the midst of this conversation, um, I now live in Woodley Park, and I'm surrounded by hotels, which yeah. is fascinating because like, I'd never really understood mm-hmm. what tourism looked like mm-hmm. in like the big sense mm-hmm. until there's like three massive major league hotels near my physical home. Mm-hmm. And every morning when I leave out to go to work, mm-hmm. afternoon. All I see are, is a sea, a literal sea of people moving hitherto, there and yon. I go into the C V S sometimes to so like, you know, pick up whatever, pick up a toothbrush, whatever I just moved, so I need to get a toothbrush. It's my toothbrush story. So I go in I go in to go in to, go, go in to get a toothbrush. His hygiene is really good, y'all. <laughs> I do what I can, you know. I try. It's it's hard. This gap. is real. It's it's my. It's in my. It's beautiful. Lineage. Oh, thanks. Beautiful. But any event, so I need to buy a toothbrush. I go in to buy this toothbrush at CVS, and it's like eight o'clock in the morning. I just moved in. Like just got my keys, going in, opened up, put my boxes in, whatever. Going back out, going down the street to go to the go to the CVS to get the toothbrush. Get my toothbrush. I literally had to stand in line mm-hmm. in an aisle yep. with a bunch of tourists. Also, needed to buy toothbrushes. Mm-hmm. There were like eight people in the middle of a CVS purchasing toothbrushes at the same time, mm-hmm. which was like astounding to me because I'm like, "Wait, so you're telling me that like CVS, as, as a as a as a as a as a store, this CVS has just made like thirty five dollars off of people buying toothbrushes?"
1: And you see why the tourism numbers are right. what they are. And
0: you're just like. And it was it was a, it was like it was a mind blowing moment because it was like the smallest little thing. But
1: think about the Hilton Washington, of course, and the residencies that are right there right. by the Hilton Washington, so, so and I, the fact that that 7-Eleven is now closed, right? As you're going into Adams Morgan, yeah, it sits right it's behind right. the Hilton. Well, it's I, I have a question.
2: I mean, and this might be something that people would are either they
0: either for or against it, but is is,
2: is this a bad thing?
0: I think it's a necess- I think it's an expected thing. Okay. I think it's the expectation of because
2: if we didn't have the the, the the boom in the tourism economy that we've experienced in D.C. as of late, we're Where <laughs> would we be in we'd the still, city as far as be, people who live here?
0: We'd still be struggle busting at indie indie, at indie hipster dance parties at <laughs> the the back room of it be two thousand eight you know, black cat. It'd be two thousand eight again, like we have been talking about. <laughs> I mean, we
1: always go back to 2008. You
0: have to. It was a magical time because we didn't, okay. Because so that, that was the changing of the tide. Like, you think about what was going when, on you ba- know. When Barack Hussein Obama became the president of the United States, yes, and he was the black man who became president mm-hmm. of America. So, like, the thing that I oftentimes bring up, but people need to understand black people in the United States Constitution for a long, long time were three fifths of a human being. Yes. Three. Fifths of a human being. This means that as three fifths of anything, you can't do something that a hundred percent of people do. Of course, it's not. literally impossible. So a person that has a lineage that goes back to being three fifths of a person mm-hmm. now runs the whole thing. The whole and his middle name is Hussein. Hussein. So everybody's got to show up. Yep. Everybody's got to come out. You have to come every day. Uh-huh. You have to see the place where this man lives. You have to see the the buildings that surround this man. You have to see the fact that there's so many people of who share his skin tone in the city. And mm-hmm. there's a there's a there's a there's a place that makes makes a hot dog mm-hmm. that we have to see.
2: But you in in saying that, how everybody needs to come out, everybody needs to show up. Um, and I was about to say how it was just like 2008 was the change in the time with just DC proper and just what you could do, what you would see, and what you could do on any given night, um, which is still even included. There was you could still go to a lot of go go's in DC.
1: In D C. In yeah. D C proper. On, not on the line. Not over
2: the line. But in D C proper in two thousand eight. But something a question that you oppose, I think, on social media about like how creators in D C just everybody just needs to to come come level, correct. And level do, up. Do do better, level up. You know what I mean? You know, speak on that. Okay. Because you and I talk about this all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, okay. So, in a situation where the economy is cosmopolitan, Mm -hmm. this is not a metropolitan city. People get it confused. Used. I had we call it
1: metropolitan
0: Washington, D.C. Yeah, but this is a cosmopolitan city. This mm-hmm. is a world-class city on the same level. And it became it became such very quickly. Yeah, it, it, it's on a level of like a Paris or like a Seoul, South Korea, mm-hmm. or like a Beijing, China, like, you know, like in like a smaller sense. Like Beijing's a whole other level. But there's there's places that this place is very similar to. Yeah. And if you're creating things, if you're making things, if you're making things that are accessible to people, human beings, if that's your way of earning a living, that you wish to earn a living, you have to understand what you were doing in 2008 literally no longer applies to the population that is wanting what you are offering. Mm-hmm. My best example of this, I'll, 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 shout out, um, I'll shout out the Smith Brothers, I'll shout out Bailiwick, black-owned mm-hmm. t-shirt company. To their credit, there is not a red, black, and green t-shirt in the Bailiwick collection. And by that, I mean that they make a shirt. Mm -hmm. And they make a collection of shirts that appeal to people across color lines, mm -hmm. economic lines, cultural lines, social lines. And these are black men, Mm -hmm. two young black men who do that. Yeah. And in some ways, to me, the most fascinating thing, there's a group of podcasts that G and I will be coming out at some point that feature us talking to, like, three generations of people who make T-shirts in D.C. You'd say it was three generations, right? Yes. Yeah. And to have the conversation go from, like, Run Joe. Hey, Niall. To, like, Bryce Harper wore this T-shirt on ESPN. And suddenly, it became the hottest-selling T-shirt in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Like you—you you were in the room. It was mind-blowing, right? And then to look at the person making the shirt, and you're expecting that it's Susie Cream Cheese, riding her bike mm-hmm. through from Eastern Market to Dupont Circle. You're expecting that it's her, but no. No. It's J.C. Smith sitting right there in front. of was big old Colgate smile, smiling right at you. Mm-hmm. You're like,
1: "Wow, really? That was you?" Yeah, yeah. that
0: was you. You did that? Yeah. And and it changes the conversation because you have to elevate past the norm. The expectation used to be in D.C. that if you did something that was for everyone, you could code it as black and probably sell 10 times more.
2: (laughs) Because the the makeup of
0: the city represented that. Right. But now, very different city. Now, even economically, it's a different city. Yes. And and, and it's not that people forget that they're black when they make more money. Mm -hmm. But people have greater expectations... Of the culture that they wish to engage with, call them out. I'm just saying it's the truth. So like you have a greater expectation of the culture in which you w- in which you wish to engage. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the expectation of like, okay, I'm gonna get this cool shirt it has got a black person in front of it, and I'm gonna do this thing, and it's gonna be cool, whatever, whatever. There's an expansion of the expectation mm-hmm. that happens, and you have to be willing to like. Make that slight lean into that lane. Deanna Doris is another one, speaking of T-shirts, with District of Clothing, who does that too. Shout out also to Molly for making shirts. We're in the One Love Massive building. I'm going to go with Roe. That say, one.
1: Superior. Which
0: is the most, Roe from Superior works. Mm-hmm. Is that, but the thing with Roe, and this gets into this conversation too, about elevating the standard, is that Roe makes shirts for intelligent black people.
1: Did you see the Anacostia Park
0: yeah, it's T-shirt? It's fabulous. I was like... SuperiorWorks.com. He also has a an uh, 86 t-shirt that's literally the best DC t-shirt that DC's ever released. Yeah. By far. By a great and large margin. You yep. can't beat it. Absolutely. But I want to I wanna say all of these things because 23 million people mm-hmm. came to Washington, D.C. in 2017 and spent three quarters of $10 billion. Mm-hmm. Billion.
1: And then you'd have to understand where all that money goes.
0: Right. They, they, they spent it by staying in five-star hotels, of which we have many in the city now, or hotels that look like they're five-star hotels, or places like even like The Lion, for instance.
2: Because, again, and this is something that an Airbnb host told me, Americans are not really into Airbnb as much as we would like to think. Americans are really still just like, no, we're going to stay in the hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like
1: Airbnb, Airbnb and hostels—that's very European. Well, let's let's go back to the Green Travel Book. You know. It oh was, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Let's definitely so, go back to that. I mean, let's let's understand our history when it comes to traveling in America. Right. That Green Travel Book, and if you don't know what the Green Travel Book is, you should not be listening to this podcast. Right.
0: It it, it gave a sense of for African Americans of where they were able to travel and not experience segregation, not right. experience racism, racism. Racism. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. And uh, it's 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 fascinating because that's where we are now uh, as as a city, and for people to understand that, and really play around with everything that that means. Mm-hmm. And you have to move. If you are physically in Washington D.C., you have to move in a way now that is in line with this. And if you're not aware of this, it's going to slap you in the face. Mm-hmm. Which is why I wanted to say this on this podcast, it's listened to by a demographic of people, typically for the most part, who are not necessarily aware in a lot of cases, as to how the city actually moves at that top five percent mm-hmm. of income, wage, creative, culture culture, big C culture moving people. Mm-hmm. And those are things to think about because when it trickles down and it slaps you in the face and like you're literally moving to, you know, Landover. Or you I'm sorry, where? Yeah, exactly. But uh but no, just the things to think about. Like those are those are those are mm-hmm. important things. If
1: I ever have to move out of the city and I've said this and I will say it again, I am going to <laughs> Crofton, Annapolis.
0: Go kart raceway? You got it. There's one near you.
1: Shoreline, seafood. <laughs> I'm going. Jasper's, it's gone. It's a, oh, they closed the Jasper's across. It's a Mexican restaurant oh, wow. now. Wow, see,
2: shows how much I be out there. So
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm going out there. I'm moving to Anne Arundel County. I will never, and I will repeat, never be a resident of gorgeous Prince George's County.
0: Lord, okay, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, so I definitely just wanted to make sure that we opened up that conversation to to people, and I want to move on now to the Bish oh. session of this uh, of this podcast real oh. fast. Um, this is a, session, a section of uh, DCTBD where we talk about things uh, briefly that have antagonized us uh, during the week. And we, uh, we take a vote after our brief conversation about these things. We explode those in you know, a little bit deeper into conversation. And I want to start with you, Geronimo, as to something that's particularly perturbed you in the last seven days.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to ask me. No, <laughs> no, no, no. What
0: do, you, what do you? What is something that's particularly perturbed you?
2: Um. So I've been spending more time on Twitter again. I started another uh yes. personal Twitter account. Yes. Um, my my tag name, my my Twitter name, my Twitter handle is Geronimo Nose, but my t- the tagline is "Here we go again," <laughs> with the with the head and hand <laughs> right. comes mm-hmm. like all right. This is like the 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 fourth or fifth one of these that I try. Let's let's see if we can do it right this time. Um. What's really just irritated me is just how between within outrage culture right Right. How it's just getting worse and worse and can worse.
0: You, can you say the word that Simone said or the phrase that Simone said when we did salon contra?
2: Oh man, I forgot. What Was it we, compassion fatigue? Yes, compassion fatigue. I it love is. it. Compassion, compassion fatigue, fatigue. You know. Shout out
0: to Simone Jacobson. Shout out to Tolly Molly Shout out to Union Market. Shout out to Flipper Hughes. Shout out to salon contra. Shout out the things that I'm doing and you know, folks are just doing.
1: I like Union Market now. There, <laughs> there you go. I said it. All right, all right. All right. Like, I'm
2: sorry. So back to so back to compassion this,
1: this is what happens when we all get together.
2: Yeah. So so yeah, just compassion fatigue, lack of empathy, um and people needing someone to talk to mm. because there's a lot of that going on too. You know, right. you know, how you get on the bus sometimes and you see somebody they get on. And the bus driver don't really want to be bothered, but for whatever reason, this person, this, this passenger, they need somebody to talk to. Mm. And they right. will stand up there and talk to the driver until it's time for them to get off their stop. And it's just like, man, some people really just need somebody to talk
0: to. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, exactly.
2: I want people to just stop getting mad because people don't think like them. I, I, I really, really, I'm like, if, you, if, if these person's thoughts... Are not going to kill you. If they're not stopping your money. If you know they are not assassinating your character, mm-hmm. like stop getting mad because people don't think like you. You know, like is I just see a lot of that, and then also, you know, you don't really see a lot of you don't see a lot of compliments and 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 and, and bigging up.
0: No, not even close.
2: You know, on 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 online on Twitter. We'll right. say on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess because it's, it's, it's so text-based, so people can provide, give their opinions in just real time, just like that, right. you know, but that's just really, that's really, really bothering me. but not to the point where I'm ready to, to delete this Twitter account, because I'm just, I'm going to see where this goes, right. you know, and I just throw stuff out there, it's like, ain't nobody paying me my, no mind, and I'm going to just throw I mean, out. we are, but, you know, yeah. but I, I I just want people to just stop getting mad because people don't think like them, like, I, when did we get to that point?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: November 8th, 2016. When
1: y'all went to sleep.
0: (laughs) There it is. Stay woke. So what about you?
1: So I am going to, this is probably where, you know, I ruffle feathers, have been known to run my mouth. And and this bish of the week. Never that. What? Yeah. (laughs) This bish of the week is about the city, of course. Of course. And as we are creeping up in the temperature we all know the saying, when it gets hot in D.C., something's about to pop off. Well, it has already started popping off. And my bish of the week is basically, what are we going to do about the ATV uh, bikes? Right. And, you know, and and the youth of the city. Right. We got a problem. We have a problem that now you decide to take this illegal vehicle, no respect, no regard in your life and now taunt MPD. There's a big investigation. I still need to read and I still need to process in regards to a young man that died on his illegal bike riding in the street going the wrong direction. Again, we have to read, we have to figure it out. My bishop of the week is basically what are we gonna do with the lack of respect the youth in the city that they have against themselves with the shootings the stabbings what they have against each community how are we gonna and because i just truly believe that that this generation this lost generation between 15 and 23 with a lot of the city youth they're they're just sunken right that's my bitch of the week yeah so it's a little deep i'm sorry no it's
0: all good it's all good because mine is like probably a step deeper um Don Donald Glover. Uh oh. AKA Childish Gambino. Um
1: oh, Well, we might as well go ahead and vote. So Oh,
0: so I mean he's been he's been rippity rapping and hippity hopping for about oh, the last don't
1: do don't do that. For the to last eight hell. years. He has. No. His no. mustache is just flourishing.
0: No, so the thing about uh Mr. Glover is that he is a MC mm-hmm. as well as being an actor. And writer. As well as being a writer. Producer. And producer. And the thing that frustrates me when it comes to Donald Glover, and I'm, I'm frustrated, Aww. is um, there's a lack of reality-based empathy when you are so plugged in to how to create like precise human emotion that when you try to do something that's human, it comes off almost as prefabricated
1: and that's why this evening's episode is called yeah this is america
0: right and it it frustrates me if only because what he's saying is important every time he makes a creation Mm -hmm. and he puts something into the world it's important Like, like, like he got he got us out of our sunken place right i mean but the thing is is that how much agency do we give him in doing human based creation like it's not like he's writing love songs it is mm. not like he's writing vapid conversational pieces no, no. he's writing like high end pop culture and high end political conversation and to me there's something in there where you have to strip away the fact that you have to strip away the Wu-Tang name generator name okay and you have to like stand as a human without a laugh track Without any perception that you are a multimedia superstar creative.
1: You got to go out there straight like
0: Carol Burnett. Right. Like, boom. This is me. This is what it is. And as great as everything that he's created, especially This is America, especially that video, is I just worry. Because I don't know if that, I don't know where the he is in that.
3: So, on, so I guess we're ready. gonna talk about that. That's what. So this that, is about. what. This my is, vote. This cool,
0: is cool, I, cool.
2: This is what I gotta say about this is America. Um, I think that the video, the the, the 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 treatment, the execution of the video was great, great, great piece of art, depicting and showing us what we already know. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. Um, I've read. A couple of think pieces. I've listened to critiques mm-hmm. of it. I've read some stuff on Twitter, and people have given some I've, people have given some great perspectives that they, for their view, yeah, of the video. Mm-hmm. Um, some that were com- that were completely valid, but completely different than what the prevailing mm-hmm. I- idea is. Um, but Do you mind if
0: I quickly? I want to shout out Doreen, Doreen Saint Philippe? wrote something for New Yorker that everybody needs to read. It's like probably she's the best writer and I'm a writer, so I'll say this. She's the best writer in the world right
1: now. Well you need to be reading the New Yorker period point
2: blank. Yeah, anyway. but
0: yeah, but back to what you were saying. I just wanted to interrupt and make I sure I used to
2: listen to the uh the, the, the New Yorker uh podcast. I didn't get back to that. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, back um, to what saying. So yeah, so um yeah so he he's just really showing I mean granted I'm sure there's people who watch it who for whatever reason they don't know but he's just showed us everything that we already know, just in a very, very abstract mm-hmm. way. You know, I watched it a couple times. I watched it just okay, watching him with the stupid dope moves, and then I watched it again to see what was going on behind him. And I was just like, "Yeah, man, man so, stupid, stupid dope moves." You know, because the white horse came in. I was like, "This, I'm done." I'm, I'm just like, and but again, people are up in arms, and that even brought up the whole like, we only call black men geniuses. We don't call. Women geniuses, and I was like, "Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. We're gonna get get to that. We're gonna get to that." Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, he just showed us what we already knew in a very abstract, artistic way. You know, um, now I'm not saying that it could it it shouldn't move anybody because you know when it comes to art, you know Mm -hmm. what you take from it is completely subjective. That that's personal. But for me, it's just like this is dope. It was cool. You know, I like the way you did that, but like you're not showing you're not I didn't I didn't have that same emotional connection, attachment to it that a lot yeah. of other people had.
1: I loved it. It was just it was brilliant. Um because I I I read somebody's post and I totally agreed with them. It was very Billy D. Williams. We know he's gonna be the um
0: Lindo Calrissian. Right. Yeah. The
1: next character. The Star Wars, yeah. And it was just Ladies Things, the blues, but it was mahogany. And it was everything, South Africa, and it was, you know, videotaping, because I'm so sick of now getting on Facebook, and everything's a, a videotape of a crime. It was just so wonderful, but then it was that question. But what's next? Right I think it came out at a great time. It was definitely needed, right. from the, the week and the, the week before of, of Mr. West um and I and I guess for him he's just like this is what I do number one I'm hosting and I'm performing on Saturday Night Live because I'm the shit thanks Tina Fey there it is I've been doing this for a long time uh and Lauren Michaels I have such a funny story I don't know if you all know about my Lauren Michaels and Tina Fey story Oh my God. I'm going to say it really, really quick. Okay, cool. So, I was at a particular restaurant in the city. We're not going to shout them out because unless I get a free meal from them, <laughs> I'll just say it's on 14th Street somewhere.
3: Okay, cool, cool,
1: cool. And so, uh, I was trying to be very work bound and looking over through the window, and they looked back at me. I said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to disturb. I was just trying to make sure that they were moving the car. I was working for a PR firm right. who, yeah. you know, used right, to right, right. support a car. Cool. And my dumb self didn't even pay any attention at who i was talking to mm-hmm. and they were like oh no it's okay you you've done so you know you you've been working really hard tonight and everything so later on um the waiter comes brings me a glass of wine and he says you know that was um lauren michaels and tina Fey back there that you were talking to <laughs> Shout Pal- out,
0: palm to the face yeah shout out to dc yeah, yeah palm to the face so so real quick before we uh, move on to uh the next segment the final segment i want to say i want to add this quote um, it's the quote that baby made me feel differently than I feel initially about this um, from the Doreen St. Philippe piece Glover forces us to relive public traumas and barely mm. gives us a second to breathe before he forces us to dance Right, and it's that whole conversation and I feel is at the crux of the African American conversation we're going to be having for the next two years is when do you breathe and when do you dance because we've we, we, those are two things that are at the crux of black life right
1: now. We're going to have to learn how to breathe uh, in heavily and and dance it out slowly. Right,
0: right. I definitely And, and making sure that that dance is not seen as any sort of minstrel scene. Well, which correct. Is, right, which is shout the, fear, which shout, is the fear. shout
1: out to our artist, Nick, for crafting that, uh, that background for us, too. That, that's
2: important. That, is, that scene is a minstrel scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I ain't with none of that.
0: Right, we, right,
1: we're not cooning over here. No, cool, cool, none cool. of that. No. So,
0: so in our final segment, to end on a positive note, uh, we talk about things that we found that were positive in the week, and the things that we actually enjoyed. So, I want to start with you, and <laughs> I want you to say, "Cause hello. you see me with the stupid grin." Of course, on my yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why I Because as soon as you give me that stupid grin, I gotta, I gotta turn to you.
1: You know, baby, it's been, it's been a rough week. You know, and I'm, I'm so appreciative of you know just the the cool people in my life and DCTBD is you know we are totally in love with One Love Massive thank you shout out to the our, you know production and Molly Absolutely. This space and everything we we have to shout them out Yeah. I'm so happy that G is here this is you know somebody that I've been a f- friend of uh, uh and a fan of
2: 2010
1: 2010 yeah so At the my, fruit stand yeah there there it is at the <laughs> fruit stand But my favorite thing of the week, um, and there's been a couple, but hands down it's today. My auntie smokes weed.
0: Oh, I know. Oprah.
1: Gail (laughs) done snitched on her friend. (laughs) You ever have that girlfriend that just say too much? And you'd be like, girl, if you don't shut your mouth, I'm not going to put no more gas in that gas tank. Mm -mm, I ain't going to buy you no drink at the club. Gail done snitched on my auntie. Right. And auntie probably smokes some of the best. Oh, of course. You take two puffs. Who was that that tweeted that? You take two puffs of Oprah's weed. Yeah. And you're going to be on Jupiter. It's it's,
0: it's game over. I it's love out. it.
1: So that is my favorite thing of the week. Um, I thought it was going to be the Met Gala. Yeah. Met Gala was great. Rihanna shut that shit
0: down. I, I say Solange did because she had the, I you know, it. my, uh, what is it? My, my Jesus wears a do-rag.
1: Right. But so what was the whole thing with the, with, I have to read up on it, but the Florida water. Or something that she had like on her. Yeah. I don't. I, for me, I would have gone up to um, child. I would have gone up to Flint, and been wearing.
0: No, that's what she did. She wore like you know she wore water from um. Forget where it's it's some it's a blighted place. Yeah. And she wore it to like you know like for purification purposes. Yeah. Because it was a a show. It was the whole like thing with the Met Gala was a oh, discussion yeah. of Catholicism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so she was attempting to purify herself in these very impure waters. Right. Which I thought was genius.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you know, the mat was okay, but yeah, my favorite thing is my auntie smokes weed. I love it.
0: Yeah, so G, your favorite thing.
1: So my favorite thing um, and I'm not even a fan of his music,
2: um, but my favorite thing was uh, Meek Mill getting out of jail.
1: Oh, yeah. Still still. amazing.
2: And because, again, going back to what I said earlier about how culture and politics have just completely intersected Mm -hmm. in a way that you know, we haven't seen since you know Bill Clinton's administration, and before th- before that, not since um what the sixties, yes, you mm-hmm. know what I mean uh I think that and just being somebody who's done a lot of just reading and and, and observing of just this fight to end mass incarceration mm-hmm. um and just and what have you, I think that whatever happened to him, whatever clicked in his head to say, okay, now I have to be an advocate." Um, I think that's amazing. I know a lot of people shout do, out to
0: Sean Corey Carter.
2: I know a lot of people do feel <laughs> away. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. Um, a lot oh. of people do feel away because we've placed so much emphasis on, you know, celebrity mm-hmm. and not that we don't have the same emphasis on people who are not celebrities in the same situation. But um, you know, that is the nature, fortunately, unfortunately, of culture being influential, mm-hmm. you know. And that what that's what drives a lot. I mean, maybe back in the time when celebrities didn't exist, you know, these aren't things that you worried about. When was that? But <laughs> way before any of us and any of this <laughs> was on. But right. you know, culture as somebody who's an urban culture and lifestyle enthusiast, culture moves everything. Yep. And for those people who don't align with secular culture, right, in any way, shape, or form that is definitely an issue but again i'm happy that he got out and i'm happy that he's he he's going to be an advocate so far from what he says now if the follow through we got to see that and just see how what nah. what measures and things are going to be put in place through through his his platform and the platform of of his peers yeah. to make things happen and also i want to say there's a couple people um a guy named uh uh uh, uh Courtney Ziegler he um, is out in the bay. He st- he was one of the first, actually the first person to start um, an app to where you can you can donate funds to that can be used to, towards people's bail money. Yeah, and dope. I know Jay Z is 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 doing a lot of um, work and investment in, in in that arena. But I right. think that a guy like Jay Z should invest in a guy like Courtney's app. You know what I mean? Right. Because... That he's already done the technology done the groundwork. Mm-hmm. he just needs the and to get every, the marketing out there so everybody knows and we
1: don't know Jay may already be right you know how they move in silence right right, right, right. right. it is not the Illuminati let it yeah. go <laughs>
0: so I wanted to end on uh, for, for me uh, one of the things that really got me this week was uh, Netflix has released a whole bunch of new content they've been like acquiring content and they're finally getting it out and uh, there's a documentary called The Toronto Effect mm-hmm. that's about uh Toronto since the Raptors came in and drafted Vince Carter in nineteen ninety five. My baby daddy. And the time show's
2: new favorite city.
0: Yeah, and the time that I love it. <laughs> right, and the time that, you know, like Vince Carter was drafted to the rise of Drake. My baby daddy. And being able to like chronicle that and for me as somebody who, you know, very passionately cares about a city like watching a DC that is in this kind of like emerging state. Uh, to be able to, like, see that story emerge and to see, like, you know, the 10 post moments mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm. and to see people emerge as, you know, and, and their roles in creation of culture to nightlife to food to sports and to see, like, the t- the two waves of those people was really inspirational. And, uh, I mean, we're going to need to uh, probably finish up here.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I yeah. was just, I was just going to add, you know, we would do so much better if we get off that white horse. Well, you know. You know. it's that? got to get off your high horse, baby. Yeah,
0: definitely. So I wanted to uh, close out our edition of DC-TBD. Uh This has been uh, Marcus with a CK Dowling, D-O-W-L-I-N-G, on all social media. And where can people find you?
1: Oh uh, Well, you know, you can always find me somewhere in somebody's bar Lovely. drinking a little Jameson. Uh, I'm sorry, my church members. Uh, Michelle Bush, uh, you can find me on social media, B of DC, C-H-E-L-L-E-O-F. You know I always mess it up.
0: So C H E
2: L L E B O F D C.
1: Yeah, and I, do, uh, I do that every single time. You it's know, Event Solutions DC, all things DC. Cool. So what's up with you?
2: Um, at Geronimo knows on everything. At all the Fly Kids on everything. Uh, you know, so that's where I am. Not hard to find. Not hard to catch
0: up with. Just holla at me.
1: There's so much more that can be done in this episode, so I think we may end up right. having to record like a after. I hear you. So yeah, I want to give shout out to Ian. Yeah, I want
0: to give a shout to Ian Taranji and the Lucky So and So's, who you can find at Exiles Bar, Exiles Bar on 16th and U Saturday night after the Funk Parade, he will be hosting a free jam that's going to be an open jam session with the Lucky So and So's, which feature his son. Yes, he's amazing things, on bass. He's on so base, sweet, just fantastic. And uh, definitely check that out. Check out the Funk Parade all up and down U Street. Um, it took place in two panels this week. So, yeah, definitely. That, and we'll uh, be there. Yeah, that smooth, uh, you know, that, that, that smooth royalty-free jazz that's playing in the background signals that it is time to, for us to, you know, depart. We'll be back again next week at around 8 or 8.30 p.m. here at One Love Massive. This has been Marcus, the C-K-D-O-W-L-I-N-G, and DC T We're out of here. Peace.